if you will stand with me this morning for the reading of the word of God, that will be greatly appreciated. We want to give reverence to the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5. Amen. Again, we welcome all of you to Christ Center Church here in Hamilton Square, New Jersey. And it's so good to see everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited to be a part of God's army. Amen. I'm excited to be a part of God's army. If you keep living, you keep seeking God, you'll find out there is nothing better than this. You can look every place you want to look. You can search all throughout this world. You can't find nothing better than Jesus. You can't find nobody better than Jesus. And so whatever else you feel like is is important, it may be, but it ain't more important than Jesus. Amen. I had to go broken English. It ain't more important than Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5. Amen. The word of the Lord says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. That's worth pausing and thinking about. He approached Jesus. He said, Jesus, my servant, lie at home sick, tormented of the palsy. I didn't read any place here where Jesus asked any questions, where Jesus started stuttering. All I read in verse number seven, it says, And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. There are some things that we are wanting God to do and he doesn't do it. And then we think that God picks and chooses what he does. We think that God, uh, what we read in the scripture, maybe that's just for the scripture, but it's not for us. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning the difference sometimes between what you want Jesus to do and what we read in the Bible that Jesus does is probably the difference of selfish things and godly things. This man went to Jesus not just for himself, but for his servant. And Jesus did not hesitate. Jesus said, I will come. What an awesome God. Verse number 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Verse number 9, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Can I tell you something? You might have missed this, but the man ministered to Jesus. 
We might oftentimes look to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to do something for me. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there are times where we need to minister to Jesus. And he will respond in ways that will blow our minds if we will just minister to him. The man ministered to Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. We read this last week. But we won't focus on what we read last week. We'll focus on a different portion of this text. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. The word of the Lord says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being being found in fashion as a man and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Father, in the name of Jesus. Allow me to be thy servant. I submit myself and my will under your authority. And Lord God, I just ask that I can be your oracle this morning and that you will use me as you please. Lord God, allow me to speak, O God, by your spirit and by your word. Allow me to convey your message to this audience this morning, O God. Touch the ears of every person. Touch the heart of every person. Let there be impartation. Let there be hearing according to the spirit. And let there be transformation of lives today, Lord God. Let there be conversion of lives today, Lord, that we cannot walk out of this place the same way we came in, but God, that a change will come over us, a change will take place in us, our eyes will be open, and we will see as you will have us to see, and no more according to our own understanding and our own intellect, but God, let the Spirit of the Lord Open up revelation to us. Let the Spirit of the Lord bring us to a place where we had not been in you, Lord God. Father, we know your return is at hand. And Lord, only if you will work can anything be done. Now touch your servant this morning. Allow us, oh God, to operate in the dimension of faith, in the dimension of your power. We are your servant. We are your people that are called by your name, chosen for this time and this hour. God have your way this morning. We call upon your name. Let thy will be done. Let thy kingdom come. Jesus, in your name we pray. In your name we pray.
pray. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Will somebody clap their hands unto the Lord Jesus and give him a praise? Will somebody open up their mouth and let the Lord know what you think of him? Jesus, I think you are awesome. Jesus, I think you're great and mighty. Jesus, you deserve my praise. You deserve to be honored and to be glorified and to be magnified. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today I want to entitle this message, The Servant's Power. The Servant's Power. Somebody say it with me. The Servant's Power power. My God, I feel it in my bones this morning. The servant's power. Let me tell you this morning, no one in this audience today wants to be called a servant. No one in this audience today considers themselves a servant. <laughs> Don't say you do, because then you'll, you'll get yourself in trouble. You won't receive the message. The idea of a servant takes on a negative connotation and presents one as less than everyone else in today's society. It is not so with being called a boss or a master. We like being called a boss or master. We're good with being called the boss, or the master. It is a positive connotation that we are a boss or a master. But I will tell you here today, there is not one of us in this house this morning that are not a servant to something or someone. Every one of us in this room this morning is a servant to something or someone. Every person in this audience this morning have a master or a boss ruling over them. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. It could be your relationship with your spouse that's your boss or your master, or you're a servant to that relationship with your spouse, or you're a servant uh, to your financial situation, or you're a servant uh, to, 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 to the things that you own, or you're a servant to your self-image, or you're a servant just to self, but whatever it is, you are a servant to something or someone, and something or someone is your master. We can't get out of way, get away from it, but it is a fact. Something or someone is your master. It has rule over you. It has control over you. When sometimes you think to do the right thing or to do what you think may be right or whatever that situation or that thing call for, guess what you end up doing? Following the heart of whatever it is that's your master or your servant. We're all serving something or somebody. We're all subservient to something or somebody. I'll give you a minute to start thinking about that. What is it in your life? That has become master. What is it in your life? 
I find out most of what become master in our life is our image or just ourself. This is just me. This is who I am. I do it this way and you do it that way. Uh, this is just how I flow. This is how I live. Uh, and everything you have said in that statement is I, I, I. Well, it means I uh, is the servant. Uh, I uh, is the master of your life. Uh, and so you got to ask yourself, uh, who is your master? Who are you serving? Is it I? Or is it something else? The servant's power. Uh huh. We read in the text of the servant, or you can say ruler of the servant, the man that went to Jesus, that ministered to Jesus. This man was on to something. I don't know about you, but when you, you got to stop sometimes and take inventory of your life. You got to stop sometimes and try to study what is really going on with me. My behaviors, why do I behave this way? And why do I do this? And why do I go here? And why do I say these things? We got to take inventory of our life to find out why we behave the way we behave. And why do we do the things that we do? And why are we letting certain things rule over us? We have to take inventory of our life to say why we operate the way that we do. Because if we don't take inventory by default sometimes, we find ourselves uh, drifted to all the way to the left. We find ourselves uh, in places and doing things uh, that we did not want to do, uh, but because we never examined ourselves, uh, because we never took inventory just by doing nothing, uh, we just got drifted by the wind, uh, by the works of this world. Uh, we're drifted in a place uh, where we find ourselves uh, and we're not happy with ourselves and we're saying, uh, why and how did I get to this place? Uh, well, we got to the place because we never took inventory. We got to the place because we didn't stop and say, how am I living my life? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Where am I going? We just kept going and going, doing nothing and find ourselves in places obscure. This man that ministered to Jesus obviously was paying attention to his life. How do you know that preacher? I'm glad you ask. Here's what he was doing. He drew a parallel between him and Jesus. Can you imagine you trying to parallel your life to Jesus? No, not really. But you know why? Because we're not paying attention to our life. He was paying attention to he, who he was. The parallel between the centurion and Jesus. Notice what the centurion said as he drew the parallel between him and Jesus. He said, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. Now watch it. The man is in authority, having soldiers under him. But you'll see he's under somebody as well. The centurion meant that he was himself under authority. 
So the centurion is telling you, watch it. I'm under authority even though I'm this big time guy. But I got people under me that's under my authority. He knew what he was dealing with when he was talking to Jesus. So the centurion meant that he was himself a man under authority, not merely a private individual. You think you're a private individual, but you're under the authority of something or someone. But as a servant to Caesar, this man knew, I am a servant to Caesar. The uniform, I love this, the uniform that he wore marked him out as belonging to one of the legions of the Roman Empire. He had on a uniform that says, this is who I am. When you deal with the military, they wear stripes and badges that says who they are. Church, I'm here to tell you today, we got to stop playing games. We got to stop being all laid back. We got to stop living this life all casually. Jesus is coming back. People need saving. People need their life change. People need deliverance. We got to start wearing our uniforms with our stripes and badges and say, this is who I am. This is who I am. We can't lay back. We can't become lax anymore. It's too late to just pretend that we're we're saved to just pretend we're Christians. It's too late. We have to take our rightful place in Jesus. I got to be honest and tell you this. We, 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 we I think, we, you know, we, we want to say, if we will say the truth, this is what the truth really is. We have become sophisticated. That, that's the truth. Let's just call it what it is. We're operating sophisticatedly. We're, we're no longer plain anymore. we got to dress everything up and make it to be more than what it really is. But if you strip it down, you'll see we're just plain old people. We all hurt. We all have pain. We all bleed the same. We all need Jesus. we got to stop acting like there's something more than what this is all about. So we got to stop dressing it up. And so here is what has transpired. Years ago, our Christian brothers and sisters, Christian forefathers, they were just strong. They lived their life. They were prayer warriors, praying all day long. When they got up, you was afraid to get around some of them old ladies. Hello. Hello. Where were you last night? And you wondering, what in the world is she talking about? How she know I was someplace last night when she was praying? That's, that's, that's what it was like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But 40 years ago and, 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 and 30 years ago, we didn't have the sophistication like we do now. So now we have abandoned the practical and the things that Jesus have called us to do and have stepped into the sophistication stuff. I don't mean to take no shots at nobody. And I'm not taking any shots. You want me to give you a, a little scenario? You tell me which one of them old ladies or old men back in the day that was having prayer meetings on the telephone. Don't get, don't get upset. Just hear what I'm saying. They didn't have no telephones. The prayer meeting was at the house. If it wasn't at the church, it was at the house. 
They didn't call each other up, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so on the phone praying. I know we do that now and that's fine, but I'm here to tell you it's dressed up. It's sophisticated stuff now. How about we get on our knees at home? How about we tell our children and our family, get on your knees. Get out the bed. We got to talk to Jesus. We got to pray like we've never prayed. We got to worship God. How about we start telling the children in church, do something. Stop sitting there. Sit down and do what you got to do and give God the glory. We sophisticated. And God ain't never been no sophisticated God. I remember Jesus saying, vipers. I remember Jesus turning over the table. He wasn't sophisticated, but he could have been sophisticated, but he wasn't sophisticated. But we live in this Christian life now, sophisticated. So don't call me no servant. I'm a child of God. God loves me and God understands me. And that's how we roll in. God loves me. And God understands me. When are we going to get over this understanding that God loves you and he's going to love you forever, but it don't mean he has to put up with your actions. I'm going to love my children forever till I'm out of here, but I don't put up with all their behavior. Why can't we just understand that? You're going to love your children all the days of your, but I'm not putting up with any, just anything. Same thing with the Lord and Savior. As much as he loved you and died on the cross, he ain't putting up with everything. He's going to, listen, we're the ones. I remember I said this to some preachers. I said, preachers, when are we going to come to the place where we can disagree with each other and you just understand it's not out of malice. I just disagree with you or I don't think you're capable of doing that. So I didn't ask you to do that and still know that I love you. When are we going to do that? When are we going? Let me ask you here. When are we going to be able to be big boys and big girls and just disagree with somebody and it has nothing to do with malice? We can disagree in love. But the way we roll, we got to get upset to disagree. The way we roll, as we, we disagree in, with, with animosity. The centurion man did have a problem demonstrating who he was. Here I am. Got my badge on. Got my uniform on. This is who I am. The centurion was a commander who derived his position and power from a great emperor at Rome. He was a man under authority. He started understanding uh, the position of Jesus because he realized, I'm under authority. I got power, but I'm under authority. I'm a servant, uh, but I got power. Will somebody this morning understand uh, as a child of God, uh, it's not a bad word to be a servant. Uh, we don't serve God because we don't like the word uh, that says servant. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, uh, this centurion, uh, you can call him a servant, uh, and he had servants, uh, and he was not ashamed to be a servant because uh, he was a servant uh, and he was a leader. We're afraid to say we're servants. I ain't nobody's servant. The centurion was essentially saying, I recognize in thee, Lord Jesus, you are a man under authority, for you are blessed of God. 
the centurion looked at Jesus, understanding that Jesus wasn't merely operating in a private capacity, but he was there as one whom God had chosen, anointed, and qualified, and he was born to carry out the commission of God. Uh-huh. He understood that Jesus was acting under authority of the great God who made heaven and earth. And he looked at him, therefore, under the aspect as an authorized, commissioned man from God. The centurion. He knew. He who was commissioned to perform any work is also provided by the superior authority with the power to carry out that work. A centurion, therefore, has soldiers under him. So what the centurion figured out about Jesus was that whoever is over you, they can commission you and empower you to operate in their power. The centurion knew it because that's what he was doing. He was commissioned by the emperor, by Caesar, to carry out the will of the the, the country or the city. That's what he was doing. And he realized being in that position, he can tell somebody else under him, go do blah, blah, blah. Now, all he was really doing, because he, he can't, when you, when you operate in someone's authority, you can't tell somebody else to do something outside of the authority you're operating under. So he knew, I get it from the emperor, and if I don't want to do it, I'm going to tell somebody that's under me to do what the emperor says. But just like the emperor says it, and it comes down to me, I send it out to someone else, it better be done that way. So he understood. Chain of command, Tony. He understood how it worked because he was doing some some of those things in his own way of living, sending authority, sending the word down to others so they will carry out the authority. But it wasn't so much the centurion authority that they were carrying out. They were carrying out the emperor. I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. Men put me for carrying out of commands because... My commands are authorized by the superior authority, Caesar. So this man seemed to say to Christ, the centurion says to Christ, I believe that thou art provided with due authorization for carrying out all the purposes for which thou has come into the world. Can I tell you this? Let me stop right here and pause. One of the reasons we get all confused about Jesus Christ being God Almighty and why is he saying this and saying that? How can he pray when he's supposed to be God? And we get into challenging and confusing to say, why is Jesus God? Aren't they separate? No, they're not separate. But what confused us and what made us confused is because we don't want to. We don't like to. 
deal with the whole aspect of authorization, submission, authority over our life. We don't like that. And so a lot of what the scripture was trying to get us to understand why sometimes we might misunderstand saying Jesus Christ is God manifest. The reason why we missed it is because we don't want to understand submission. What Jesus, what the word of God is trying to teach us, that Jesus Christ and God is not separate, but to show authority and submission, it had to be written the way it was written. So you can see authority, so you can see submission, and so you can understand how authority and submission work together. But we, 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 that went over our head. We just want to still stay on the fact that uh, I don't understand how Jesus can be God. Yeah, that's what he's stuck on. But if you will operate like a centurion and look at your life and start looking at some stuff, you're going to get something out of it and make you realize, you know what? I better start seeking to know who that Jesus is. Because if I can draw some parallels in my life with this Jesus, maybe I'll get a revelation of how he does things. There's revelations that God want to share with us, but because we're stuck in our zone, because we're stuck in how we see things, and we won't come outside of ourselves, we can't get revelation from the Lord. (laughs) The centurion implied that as Jesus had the power... To perform, divine, to perform divine will and had the power well in hand. He was able and capable to delegate and direct wherever that power should go and be exercised. When you and the master are in great relationship and the master can trust you, The master will allow you to operate in his stead all the time. When you and the master have a great relationship and he can trust you, he will allow you to operate in his place whenever he desires to. (laughs) Oh, help us today, God. The servant's power. We better become comfortable with that word servant. I wonder how many of us here today will see Jesus as the centurions saw as the centurion saw Jesus. Uh-huh. You know what I like? Listen to this. What is it? Matthew 28:19, the word of the Lord that Jesus said, "All power." He said, "is given." Now, I don't want to lose you too much, but I always got to point out these little things that teach you how God is one. Jesus says, all power is given. So that word given there tells you um, it's not mine. But at the same time, if all power is given, who has any power? Let's ask the question. If all power was given to Jesus... Who else has power? If Jesus have all power, who else has power? Nobody. If he has all the power. So if the word of God says, I give you all power, it means Jesus has all the power and nobody else has any power. So if they were separate, Jesus and God, then God became irrelevant. Because he ain't got no power. <laughs> 
I'm making that too complicated for y'all. So, so that shows you that even though we keep reading these back and forth that sometimes seem a little confusing, make no mistake about it. Jesus Christ is the almighty God. Because there's no way God's going to give all his power to his son and he has zero. Then, then why would he exist still? If his son has all the power and he has no power, then what? He might as well just get off the scene. Because who want to serve a God with no power? <laughs> oh, help us today, God. So Jesus says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So Jesus has all power. But he was given that power. So he is operating under authority. It's just a format. It's just, a, it's, just, it's just to get us to understand that authority, the submission thing that we don't like. If you will understand who Jesus is as the centurion understood who Jesus was, we will trust him to save us. The centurion knew who Jesus was and went to him and said, my servant lies sick at home. Can you heal him? And Jesus said, I will come. Well, the centurion went to Jesus because he knew Jesus' capability. Will somebody here today look and read the word of God, ask questions, talk to other people that have experienced the power of God and says, I need to trust Jesus like that centurion trust him for healing, for saving me. We need to know who Jesus is because if we really come to know who Jesus is, we will begin to trust him like we've never trusted him. Trust him to save us. We will trust him to deliver us from sin. We will trust him to transform our life. We will trust him to be our provider. We will trust him to be our healer of our body and of our mind. We will trust him in our relationships and we will trust him with our our life. We're holding on to our life and guarding our life like we had the power to take care of it. You don't have power to take care of your life. You don't have power to keep your life going. You don't have power to decide when you're going to die. Why are we walking around like we have the power? We're walking around like we have control. I don't feel like dying right now, so I'm just going to, yeah, I'm good. Yes, sir. We live in our life like we have control of our life. And then y'all do my Jesus bad. Something go wrong, you run to him, and he does nothing. And then he said, that's why I don't mess with church folks. And all that Jesus stuff that I've been hearing, that's why I don't even mess with because here I am. We're so terrible with that. That that just drives me bananas when people do that to my Jesus. They ignore him. They just throw words out to make it seem like they have a relationship with him. And when things go wrong and he says, uh, let me stay out of that because you've been keeping me out of it anyway. Because that's all he's doing. He's saying, leave me out of it because you didn't want me to be in it. Don't Don't try to get me in it now. I'm staying out of it. And then you get mad. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be like the centurion. 
to understand submission, to understand what it's like to be a servant. Help us, Lord, to be like that centurion, to know how we ought to live our life and not think that we we have everything under control. I want you to believe that Jesus can turn his power in your direction and do what is needed right now to change your life, to change your situation. When are we going to start believing God? It's not about the man. It's about almighty God. He can turn your situation around whenever he decides to do it. He can change your status whenever he decides to do it. He can move in your heart whenever he decides to do it. But we got to have the patience and the consistency to keep seeking after him and not decide, I ain't going that far. We steady try to be God and don't even realize it. You want me to tell you how? Because you give up when you don't get no response. That's you being God. That's you trying to be like Jordan. I'm going to do something to just get your attention and make you do something. You think God is, is that soft and, and, and that, 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 that weak that you're going to just have a temper tantrum and he's going to say, all right, let me do something. Help us, Lord. You can't throw no temper tantrum for God to say, okay, let me just fix that problem for you. Okay, let me just take in that situation for you. God ain't having it like that. He is almighty God. He's all-knowing God. He decides what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Not you. We're trying to call shots without saying we're calling the shots. And God is saying, you, you must don't know who I am. You must don't know who I am. The scripture says in Philippians chapter 7, chapter 2, verse 7, that Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. So let's watch the trickle-down effect. Almighty God who is a spirit that can't be seen. He decided, whatever way you want to use the terminology, that might, even be, that might not be the right terminology, but he decided, for lack of a better word, that he will manifest himself because you couldn't see him as a spirit. The Bible says no man has seen God. So you can't see spirit. Yes, can I get an amen on that? You can't see spirit. So he says, you can't see me, but I'm going to make you see me. How else can you see me? I have to become human to come into that world. And I have to do it legally. How, how else was God supposed to come into this world so you can see him? Anybody have, a, anybody have an answer to that? How can God came into this? How could God have come into this world legally so you can see him with your own eyes? The people back then would be able to see. How? Anybody got any answers for that? The way he did it was the only way. So because he decided I got to come to the world. And show myself and the big thing, give my life for you because I'm the only one that never sinned and give my life for you. I got to do it this way. And we're steady, still trying to figure out, well, uh, and God is like, you're not understanding. You couldn't see me. You couldn't touch me. You didn't know me. And I made myself known to you by coming in the form of man. And I had to do it that way because the bottom line is you weren't capable of saving anybody. 
because you were sinful like the next man. So I was the only one qualified and capable. But here is the caveat. He couldn't come to this world no other way but the, uh, but the way that he did. Remember, I've been telling you, humans, except for Adam and Eve, every human after that was born into this world. How else was he supposed to come? Who was going to create him? He created Adam and Eve. Who else was go- who was going to create him? Who was who was capable? Let me let me give you this. God was God able to create Jesus? Because how would God do that? Because you, you see what I'm saying? What are we going to do the whole garden thing all over again? Right? Right? Just, let, let, let's go over to the garden because God is going to create Jesus. Let's go see. And let's see how God just begin to shave him. That didn't happen. So the only way he could have came was the way that he came. So we need to stop questioning and wondering how did God do this? How did Jesus God? Eh, small thing to him. Small thing. We just got to get on board and start looking at our life and see how it parallels with his. <laughs> All born again believers are supposed to be servants. Remember we talked about that Thursday night? Thursday night Bible study. We talk about the, 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 the master who gave his servants talents. So let me slide this in since you weren't here Thursday night, most of you. We said, here we go, because this is how we like to you know, feel good about ourselves. This, this is what we said a lot we talked about, but I'm only going to share this with you. So we said, Man, how unbelievable is unbelievable is that? Anna, this master gave his servant one talent. The servant took the talent and he dug a hole, put it in the ground, covered it up. And then he left it there for a while. Then years later, his master that gave him that talent came back and said, Hey, what you do with that talent I gave you? He said, Hold on, master. Oh, still there looking good. Pull it out. Wipe it off. Here you go, master. And the master called him wicked. (laughs) The master called him wicked. Unfaithful. So what we said Thursday was, if you do nothing with what you've been given, the Lord calls you wicked and unfaithful. Then we went on and say, so how about those people that squanders it? Forget about the one that hid it in the ground. There are some that have it and they squander it. They do nothing with it or they just abuse it. For instance, you want me to give you a good one? So you got some that God blessed them with great voices to sing in the church. And they said, man, let me go to Motown and make me some money. Forget the church. They are squandering the talent. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. There is some that God has given you the ability to build. You, you, you are 
contractor and you decide I'm just going to have my own company, forget about the church. Listen, I'm not telling you to forget about your living. What I'm telling you is God gave you gifts and talents uh, for his kingdom then next for you. And so both could be done. The kingdom gets taken care of uh, and your life gets blessed. Uh, but most of us has chosen uh, to just bless our life uh, and to forget about the kingdom. Uh, well, I'm here to tell you, uh, as loving as God is, uh, as sacrificial as God is, uh, as faithful as God is, uh, if you don't do something, uh, if you don't serve God uh, with what God has given you, He calls you wicked and unfaithful and He will cast you in outer darkness uh, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the word of the Lord. So I'm finishing up here, Truby K. A servant does not have a choice as to when they should serve. A servant does not have a choice when they should serve. You ready for this one? You, you might want to record this one. You might want to. You might want to write this one down to keep it forever. If you serve only when it's convenient, you are not a servant. You are a volunteer. If you serve when it's convenient, you are not a servant of God. You are a volunteer. Write that one down. That's the Jesus one right there. That's, that's what he dropped my spirit. You serve when it's convenient. I'll do this. Yes, and some. Okay. You're a volunteer. Because a servant, let's get technical. A servant don't serve when he wants. How can you prove that, preacher? The Bible says, Brother Sam, that Jesus made himself in the form of a servant. So we know Jesus as Almighty God, who became man, he made himself a servant. Brother Sam, here's some proof. Remember the garden when it was time to go to Calvary? Did he want to serve then? Don't mess with me, man. Did he want to serve when it was time to go to Calvary? Did he want to serve those days when he was tired and the crowd was thronging him? Did he want to serve? Did he want to do miracles? Did he want to turn the water and wine when his mom was at the wedding? Did he want to do those things? As a matter of fact, at the wedding feast when his mom says, uh, listen to him, he said, woman, it ain't my time. He didn't want to serve all the time. But guess what? He served anyhow because he's a servant. When we're servants of God, we don't pick and choose when to serve God. We serve God when God says serve him. Not the way we like to. Not when we're comfortable. Not when the, the path is clear. But we serve God when it's easy, when it's indifferent, and when it's hard. We serve God because we are his servants. A born-again believer must be a servant like Jesus. Serve whether you feel like it or whether you don't feel like it. Serve whenever it's convenient or not convenient. The Bible says, in case you 
like to say what's more important than what. Let me help you out real quick. When you decide to do something you want over the things of God, it better come on the level of what Jesus said. But seek ye first. I got to go and see this, this thing they got over here. But seek ye first. I got, I got this trip I got to take, and, but seek ye first. You can take any trip you want. You can do whatever you want. But ask yourself, is it a kingdom trip? Is it a kingdom business? Because if the kingdom is at hand and God is calling you to serve in the kingdom and you have a good excuse, that's just your excuse because God's not taking it. The servant's power. God says we become his servants when we become born again. So if you don't want to serve him, ah, we talked about that Thursday night. The servant with the one talent that hit it, you know what he said? I knew you were a hard man. Now here, here is the caveat, because I know how people are. So I said this Thursday night. One thing we know about God, because God is love, he don't force anybody to do anything. If not, all of us would be living for God. He can make us all live for him, but we'll be robots. So he can do that if he wants. So we know he doesn't force anybody to do his will. You have to do it because you want to. So that garbage servant that had the one talent, he said, I knew they were, they, they were a hard man. Here's why I could have slapped him. Mm -hmm, I could have slapped him. Because if you knew your master was so hard, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't you just go about your business? For everybody that's in church, if God is not good to you and God is not doing you right, why don't you just leave him? Why are you still waiting for God to do If you think God ain't who he is, why are you waiting around? Now, I'm not telling you to leave because the Lord knows I don't want you to. But what I'm telling you is we can't call God a, 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 not a nice master. We, call, we can't blame God for not being nice to us, but we was always waiting around. What kind of junk is that? So that's why that servant was just, he needed slapping because he was saying, I knew you was a hard man. How was he a hard man, but you kept serving him for all those years? If he was a hard man, you would have just left. Same thing in church. If God is not good to us, we would just leave. So we can't say, God, I'm your servant, but I'm going to do what I want. God not having it. So you're going to have to decide if you're going to be God's servant and be true to being God's servant or just be your own servant. Now, I gave you a lot of challenging stuff, biblical. But here's some good news that I have for you about being a servant like Jesus. If you will become a servant to Jesus, you will be authorized to operate in the same power he operated in. Come on, somebody. That's, that, see, 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 listen, man. You can't just get hung up on one or the other. You got to do both. You got to deal with both. 
And you got to deal with the hard part about being a child of God, and you got to relish in the good part about being a child of God. Now, all of it, being a child of God is all good, but you know how we are. We think some is hard, and but that's us. But it's all good. But just like we have to just serve God with all that we have, just like we have to serve God and be faithful and be submitted to him, just like we have to serve him not when it's convenient, that's all challenging. But guess what? We get to walk in the authority and the power of God. And guess what? While we walk in the power and the authority of God, we can go around and begin to speak the words that God has given us to speak. And so all the challenges and all the things that we got to deal with, all we got to do is speak the word only and say, mountain, be thou removed in the name of Jesus. The reason why mountains don't get removed sometimes is because we're serving ourselves and we're not serving Jesus. But when we submit under his authority and begin to serve him, we can say, mountain, be thou removed. We can speak to the people that are sick and say, according to the authority of the word of God, be healed. In Jesus' name, because I'm operating in authority. He can send the angel to stir up the water, to trouble the water in your life. Uh, He's not doing it because he's got a problem with you. He's not doing it because he's mean. He's not doing it because he's just upset and angry. He's doing it because he loves you. He's doing it because he's setting you up uh, for the biggest blessings of your life. Uh, He's doing it because he's setting you up to do the greatest thing he's ever done in your life. So he will send his angels, go trouble the water. The centurion understood angels were submitted to him. Angels were being used by him. Angels In case you don't believe it, we have scripture that show men who was under the authority of Christ who operated just like him. We know in Acts chapter 13, verse 9, it says, Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety. And all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all unrighteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. So said, so done. Did he touch him? So what are you trying to tell me? God prefer people? God prefer the apostle Paul over you? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. God don't prefer the Apostle Paul over you. He's telling you, just be my servant and you can speak things into existence. Just tell, just submit to me and live as my servant and watch what you will be able to do. You will operate in power that you never thought existed. The last scripture we have is in Acts chapter 3. I don't even have that written down. But you know the scripture. While Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried about with the laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Who's seeing Peter and John about go into the temple, ask an alms. 
And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us! And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold. Now, 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 don't miss this. But such as I have. Oh, 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 let's not move on from there. He says, but what I have? Because when you are a servant. Man, oh, man, oh, man. When you are a servant of God, you've got the power of God. When you are the servant of God, you've got. So Peter was able to speak boldly. But such as I have, give I thee. And then right after that he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He gave what he had. We don't have to walk around with silver and gold. We don't have to walk around with fancy stuff because the power that we possess as servants, oh man, is more powerful than silver and gold. It's more powerful than any authority in this world. It's more powerful than anything you can dream of. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, and I have the power of God in my life. Somebody need to give God some praise up in this place. God wants to do some amazing things in our life. God is here today to help you step out and become a servant of God. I prayed yesterday and some of us prayed yesterday, God, let people experience true conversion. Let people experience true transformation because when you experience it, you will live your life for Christ serving Him and not worrying about a thing. You won't let anything get you hung up and caught up and set back because guess what? God will take care of you because you're taking care of His business. What did He say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So all the trinkets and all the little things that you need in life, God said, I got you. Can you imagine we're giving God everything and we have need and God says, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. Man, if we can get this thing together. You really think that you can be dedicated, sold out for God and God is saying, "Ah, Tony, I know you're serving me real hard, but I just don't have time to get you that need that you have. Oh, hold on, Tony. I just can't do that right now. You really think that's what God's going to do? But that's how we operate. Because what's keeping us from selling out? What's keeping us from putting the kingdom first? What is? Ask yourself that. Answer that question. What's keeping you from selling out and giving everything to God? What's keeping you from living everything you've got in you to make sure God is your central focus. God is your everything. He's a shot caller. You know what's one of the biggest lies ever told? I want to thank my Lord and Savior. They better stop saying, I want to thank my Lord and Savior and start saying, I want to thank the Savior. Leave Lord out of it because Lord means he rules your life. When you say Lord, it means he rules your life. He controls your life. He dictates your life. He tells you when to go, when not to go, how to go, what to go. He dictates your life. When he's your master, master, I'm going down the street to visit my friend. You good with that? Yeah, I won't need you for the next hour. Go ahead. Who pray and say, God, I'm ready to go go, go to the store. Is it okay? I know it sounds like foolishness, but guess what? Until you get to that place with God, 
Yeah, you're going to think it sounds like foolishness. But when you are his servant, you just don't run all around and do whatever you want to do. You stop and say, Lord, what's your thoughts on this? I got, a, I got, a, I got an email this morning from a pastor that said to me, hey, um, what do you think about this? And I said, I prayed. And I'm driving, I'm praying. I'm not hearing from God. So I, I responded back to his email. I says, how about we talk about this later? Because I got to hear from God first. You, you follow what I'm saying? When you're a servant, you can't just take up on yourself and do what you want. It's not your business. Servants are, we, we serve the master. It's not our business to do whatever we want. I can't tell you just anything. I have to tell you what the master says. If you are here today and you never made Jesus Christ your Lord, you can do so. By submitting to him, repenting of your sins, giving your life to him, and making a declaration that he is. Because he will not force himself on you. You can't. If you're waiting for Jesus to say, I'm your Lord and Savior, you're not getting that. We keep waiting for God to just do whatever he wants in our life. And God is saying, that's not how I work. I am a loving God, and love do not force itself. And so because I'm a loving God, I'm waiting for you to say to me, here I am, Lord, do whatever you want in my life. I give you total permission. I submit, and whatever you tell me, I will do. So that's what God is waiting for from many of us, not for we just keep living, hoping that God will just arrest us. You're going to do what I tell you. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for that. Your mom and your dad might grab you up and tell you, you're going to do what I tell you. Jesus won't do that. So if you wait for him to grab you up and tell you, oh, you're going to do what I tell you, not happening. He wants you to say, God, I surrender. I, I surrender. Lord, my pride I set aside. Lord, all of my wicked ways. Lord, I know I've been ordering my own steps and I've been doing everything I want to do. Lord, all the thoughts that come to my mind, I act on them impulsively and I don't check with nobody. I don't check with you. Lord, I do however I feel. I spend my money the way that I want. I go wherever I want. Yes, God, I will show up on church on Sundays, but other than that, I do whatever I want. I'm not listening for you to tell me anything, Lord. I'm just going to serve myself somebody you can't do that with God you're not a servant if that's how you operate a servant wakes up every day and say master I am your servant where will you have me to go what will you have me to do I put myself into your hands oh God I am your feet oh God I am your hands and I am your echo the words that I speak will not be of my own the places I go will not be of my choice the things that I do will not be of my choice but I wait upon you, O oh great God. Will you direct me? Will you impart to me what you will, Lord God? For I go as you send me, Lord God. For, Lord, I can only do what you tell me to do. I have no authority. But, God, whatever authority you place upon me, whatever authority you place in my hand, oh God, that's the only authority I can exercise. And I can't utilize that authority unless I'm walking in obedience, unless I'm walking in 
total submission uh, of you. Uh, now, Lord, today uh, I commit my life to you. Uh, and I say, do what you will. Uh, God, will you give me strength uh, to do what you desire for me to do? Uh, oh, God, I am weak, uh, but thou art strong. Uh, will you give me the strength that I need today to go on? Uh, will you allow me to walk in faith uh, and not by sight, Lord God? Uh, will you help me to talk right? Uh, oh, God, will you help me uh, to t- treat people right uh, and to be a blessing to others, Lord God? Uh, oh, God, here I am, Lord Jesus, uh, surrendering all to you, uh, calling upon your name, Lord God. Uh, I am your humble servant, Lord God. Uh, I humble myself uh, under the hand of God, uh, under the power of God. Uh, I humble myself, Lord God, unto you uh, and to say, Jesus, uh, do what you want to do, Lord God. Uh, I am yours. Uh, I am yours. Uh, I am yours. Uh, it's you, Lord God, that purchased me. Uh, you gave your blood for me. Uh, it is you, Lord God, uh, that gave me life. Uh, it is you, Lord God, that called me. Uh, it is you, Lord God, uh, that delivered me from my sins uh, and washed them. Uh, it was your name that I got baptized in, Lord God. Uh, it is your spirit uh, that is dwelling in me, Lord God. Uh, it is you, Lord God, uh, that is the master over my life, Lord God. Uh, will you forgive me, Lord God, uh, for the times that I do my own thing, uh, for the times that I go in my own way? Uh, will you forgive me, Lord? Uh, will you cleanse me, Lord? Uh, will you take out of me, Lord God, uh, those things that still corrupts my life? Uh, will you remove them, Lord? Uh, will you burn them up, Lord God, uh, and let righteousness clothe me, uh, and let holiness take over me? Uh, and Lord, you can get the glory out of my life. Can somebody call on the name of the Lord today? Can somebody surrender their life uh, and become a true servant of God? Uh, will somebody become a true servant of God? Uh, not one that volunteers. Uh, not one that do what they want. Uh, not one that carry out instructions. Uh, but one that is totally surrendered uh, and submitted to the cause of Jesus Christ. Uh, that whatsoever his cause, uh, whatsoever his plan, uh, whatsoever his will, uh, that's what you will do. Uh, will somebody totally surrender themselves to God uh, and say, Lord, have your way in my life. I give my life to you. I give my strength to you. Oh, will somebody understand today that God needs to be Lord of your life. He needs to be the master and ruler of your life. You cannot make it without Jesus. There is no power available in this world to keep you, to get you to heaven, to save your soul. There is no power available but Jesus' power to save you to heal you, uh, to deliver you, uh, to get you to heaven, uh, to strengthen you, uh, to provide for you, uh, to deliver you. Uh, there is no power available in this world uh, but the power of Jesus uh, to heal you, uh, to set you free. Uh, and He is here today. Uh, he's here today. Uh, he's here today. Uh, will you reach out? Uh, will you reach up? Uh, will you call on the name of Jesus Christ uh, and let Him have His way? and let him do what he wants to do and let him do what he wants to do somebody cry out to him somebody speak the word only somebody worship him today somebody cry out because Jesus Jesus is looking Jesus is calling Jesus is working will you give yourself to the almighty God oh hallelujah Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. 
Jesus, we love you. Let your will be done. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. There is none like you. There is none like you. Let him have his way. Don't leave here today uh, without letting God have his way. Don't leave here today without letting God touch you. Uh, Don't leave here today without letting God speak to you. Don't leave here today uh, without making a commitment uh, to be his servant, uh, to surrender to him. Uh, Give your soul, uh, give your life, uh, give your strength, uh, give your heart, uh, give your mind uh, to Jesus. Uh, He can take care of you. Uh, He can take care of you.